guys. Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Ellie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. We were inspired to learn about the journeys of normal people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices, from physical to emotional to spiritual, to figure out what wellness means to them and what works for them. We aren't doctors or experts, just average ladies figuring out how to live our best lives while tackling topics all across the wellness spectrum. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we in our community share our courageous wellness. Hi guys, welcome to Courageous Wellness. Today on the podcast, we have Sydney Rose Miller, a National Academy of Sports Medicine certified personal trainer, fitness boxing coach, and Soul Cycle instructor, and Sakara Life affiliate. We discussed so much today from her transition from being an English teacher to a fitness guru, her personal self care, and how she balances it all. We hope you enjoy this episode. So welcome, Sydney. We're so happy to have you today. Yeah, welcome. Um, So maybe just to begin, do you want to tell us a little bit about your journey to fitness? What was it something you always enjoyed? Um, How did you get involved in the fitness world? Yeah. So I've been an athlete my whole life. I, I was a swimmer throughout my elementary high school and then through college I was a swimmer. And then, um... Yeah, so I kind of always had that ingrained in me, and if it wasn't swimming, it would have been something else. Mm-hmm. And then um, when I graduated college, I became a school teacher. I, w- I did teach NOLA as a teaching certification program that brought me to New Orleans, and then as like a side gig, I started teaching spin classes, which was actually like... I had gone to SoulCycle with my mom when I was in high school and like through college a little bit, and so I like went to take a spin class at this studio in New Orleans, and I was like... I feel like I could do this mm. like more like Soul Cycle and people would like it because <laughs> there was obviously nothing like Soul Cycle there. Um, so yeah, that's kind of just. And I asked the owner, she was like, "Sure, you try out next week." And I tried out, and that was kind of how it all started. And um, and then I continued to teach English. I went back to get my master's. I was like fully in the education world, doing fitness as like a one or two or three classes a week type job, and then. I quit my last school teaching job, not with the intention of like going full force into fitness, but mm-hmm. I knew that like somewhere in the back of my head, I wanted to like try out for Soul Cycle, even though mm-hmm. I didn't really think anything would come of it. And then once I did that and I made it into the training program and they moved me out to LA and all of it kind of like tumbleweeded off that. That's so awesome and interesting. Yeah. I, what was it like? Did you feel. I mean, it's pretty incredible to go from being an English teacher to now, like, a full-time fitness guru, (laughs) (laughs) lack of a better word. But, you know, um, was it a calling you felt inside of you? Like you said, you'd always been active, but um, how was it for you to finally make that decision and be like, oh, I'm going to pursue this now. Mm. I'm going to pursue this. Yeah. Was there a moment that you remember thinking that like this this is changing the course of my career yeah there was it was like a definitely like a change I was looking to change my life and I was like using my changing career to like 
as an impetus to change mm-hmm. my life, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like a lot of people's stories when they change careers a lot mm-hmm. of times. But it, for me, it was in particular like this willingness and like hope to prioritize my own health and happiness because up for literally 26 and a half years of my life like I didn't really understand that that was an option to like be like I just want to like pursue what makes me happy and joyful and excited about life like Mm -hmm. that was never my mindset um and then there was like something in me that just wanted more of that and so I was paying I was trying to pay attention to the places where I felt that sense of like excitement for life and like mm-hmm. soul cycle had always been one of those places for me, like you kind of described too. Um, so I think it was just kind of like, it wasn't really, I'm going to go do fitness. It was more just like, I'm going to follow what makes me feel alive and happy. And that turned out to be fitness. Wow. Yeah. That's, that honestly takes so much courage because I think, we become so defined by our roles, Mm -hmm. right? And so to, and it's English teacher and a soul cycle instructor is like a very (laughs) different world. So I still think it takes a lot of courage to be like, I'm going to go follow something. Yeah, I think people live their whole lives. Like you said, like feeling like that's not even Mm -hmm. an option. Yeah. Right. Was there something that made it, was it just like, I'm going to go do this and be fearless and try. So I have no regrets or, um, how did it become an option? So I actually started talking to this therapist, Lisa, who I still talk to Mm. and she changed my life a lot, but, um, she like, I remember I was like, really, I kept asking her like, I was like, I really, this, this job, meaning the school that I was in teaching in at that time, that was like the fifth school in five years I had taught at. I was like teaching in a broken system Mm -hmm. and I loved my students and I loved like the content of what I was teaching because I'll always be like a writer and a reader and make sense of life in that way. But But the, like, lifestyle of being thrown into situations where you, like, literally cannot be successful at what Mm. you're doing because Mm. of, like, exterior circumstances was, like, wearing me so thin. And I just wasn't happy. And Mm. I knew that. Like, I was coming home every day with, like, migraines. And Mm. I didn't feel like I was living my life to the fullest because I was consumed with these, like, tasks that didn't even feel like they were aligned with, like, what my mission was as a Mm. teacher, if that Mm. makes sense. So, um, I remember talking to her about it and I was like, basically like looking for her permission to like quit. Cause I felt mm-hmm. so guilty. Cause you're like leaving kids yeah. and like, they can't quit. Like this is their life. Like they can't pick up and be like, eh, I don't feel like going to this like right. broken school anymore, you know? Um, so there was a piece of that, that like I really struggled with, but I remember like, through our sessions and then through guidance from like really strong friends who had made similar movements out of that world. Um, just being like, you know, that like that, like, yeah, I guess realizing that that was something I always wanted inside, but I was like asking permission from the outside Mm -hmm. world. Like, can I do this? Like, can I try this? Can I just quit without knowing what's next? And like what I was getting back was an overwhelming, like, yes, you can, you can walk away from something that doesn't make you happy and doesn't make you fulfilled. So I quit before, like, I knew what was next at all. I didn't even know, like, quitting would mean, like, then trying out for Soul Cycle, and that didn't happen for a few months. Um, 
But yeah, I was, I, luckily, like, I was teaching at Cycle Bar at the time, actually. It just mm-hmm. opened in New Orleans. So I, like, opened that studio with them the prior summer before I quit my job and probably, like, maybe end of September. Um, and then, yeah, I was working. My boyfriend at the time opened, like, a food stall, so I was working for him. And I was working at Cycle Bar mm. and doing some other fitness stuff. Wow. Yeah. So what then... What then for Soul Cycle? Did you audition in New Orleans? No, so they didn't host any in New Orleans. So, so for my 27th birthday, my birthday's in November. So November 10th, um, on my 27th birthday, I was on like a little birthday trip in Miami, and and um, as part of my like birthday trip, we took a Soul Cycle class because I was like he like Leo, my boyfriend at the time, was like knew that was something I would want to do. So we were yeah. in Miami, took a Soul Cycle class. And I left and I looked at him and I was like, if I'm ever going to do fitness, like this is clearly what mm-hmm. I'm going to do. Like I'm not, I'm not going to teach at cycle bar for the rest of my life. And like, um, and yeah, I was kind of, I knew after that moment, I was like, I have to give it a try. Cause if I never try, then I'll never know. Yeah. Um, so Thanksgiving, I knew I'd be back in New York city and they were hosting auditions. My family's all in New York city. So I went to auditions and I really had like an attitude of like, like I, I don't, not, I don't care, but like, I'm, I'm not depending on this. I'm doing this just to like, see what comes back kind mm-hmm. of thing, you know? And I think that's what was like different from me, from a lot of the people who maybe didn't get it was like, I had another life. Like I was my own person already. And I already like had this like career that I had Mm. left out of and so I was coming up to the podium with like a story and a purpose and like Mm. my own life and I wasn't dependent on soul cycle yeah Mm -hmm. but it ended up like obviously working out and is it a pretty is it a pretty intense process it is I would imagine that crazy yeah it's like yeah, it's funny. Like sometimes people will just be like, I, I, I might want to try out for Soul Cycle. And I'm like, you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. Like, it's cool. I, I wouldn't trade it for the world, but it's definitely like a process. And yeah. you have to be ready. I'm sure you know from like the, sh- the like industry of being in, you know, the show world. Yeah. Where, like you go on tryouts and like, you just feel so like small and you, you kind of black out when it's your time because you have like a less than a minute to yeah, like tell to your life story you and do. you're shaking and you have to teach a song and all these things. Um, but because I had the experience of like being on a microphone and being in front of people already, mm-hmm. that helped a lot. And then I remember like they tell you to do a seated flat and I wasn't taking soul cycle so- like classes at the time. So I couldn't remember like what a seated flat felt like. So I had this song that was, like, so slow. Like, you know how when we're in the saddle, we're yeah. really fast. But at my studio, we weren't allowed to ever go that fast. So I was, like, I was literally, like, doing the wrong thing because we were going slow <laughs> in the seat. Everyone's, like, what is happening? But I think it was really just that I, like, brought a personality. I brought my own story. And, like, I was, like, authentically myself, yeah. you know. So for anybody who's never taken a soul cycle class. Yeah. We should maybe like, and you guys can both speak to this probably better than I can because I've taken classes, but with Erica, um, and they're so uniquely their own. Yes. And um, so, do you, both of you want to like weigh in yeah. on maybe what it's like to teach a class, and then also what it's like to experience yeah. a class? Um. Yeah. Soul Cycle for me, it's so I love that your journey also began in therapy. Yeah. Therapy, which I 
talked about so much on the podcast, <laughs> um, has changed my life so much. Um, it's amazing. Um, but Soul Cycle in itself is kind of like yes. therapy. And I started, Soul Cycle is honestly how I lost the majority of my 50 pounds because it was the first workout I ever did that stopped being, that, that wasn't about punishing myself. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in therapy at the time. I wasn't, um, I was really happy with my life. I just wasn't happy in my skin and in my body. And I was doing all this self love work at that time, as I've also shared on the podcast, but you go into that room and, um, it's indoor cycling, like on crack is like yeah. the best way to describe it. Like, and it's in the dark. So you go into this room that's in the dark. Um, there's candles that are lit. Mm-hmm. There's loud, like, club music playing. <laughs> it really depends on the instructor what kind of music. But um, there's loud music playing. It's in the dark. Um, there's three, about three or four rows of bikes. Um, I, I, when I first started, I was, like, in the back corner. <laughs> now I, like, ride front row, which is yes. so But I was, like, back corner. Um, but you were just alone, and you're listening to this loud music, and you're pushing your body to, like, honestly, physical limits. It's not like any other indoor cycling yeah. class I've taken. Mm-hmm. And the amazing instructors, like Sydney, are just, like, screaming inspiration <laughs> at you. Like, you can do it. Like, how you ride this bike is how you live your life yes. or whatever their flavor is um you know to like you know like rap music or hip-hop or pop it's just it's just it's it really is like therapy and to this day um you know whenever I feel funky I'll go take a soul cycle class and it's a 45 minute instant like joyride yeah so um as an instructor and I'm sure too like teaching students you know um in this broken system probably helped you connect to the wide variety of people that are yeah. that take soul cycle classes because yeah. everyone walks in that room different right? yes so yeah yeah it's funny I was thinking a couple of things while you were talking but the the my experience as a teacher it's like people always say to me that's such a huge career jump going from an English teacher to soul cycle and it's something I don't always like have the liberty to like get the chance to explain to people mm-hmm. but I don't feel so far from like what I was doing mm-hmm. if that makes sense because totally. like the and I feel like my 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 schooling ironically but being an English teacher like like learning how to be a good teacher in that setting prepared me like way better to be this I would not be like the soul cycle teacher I am had I not had those experience and I wouldn't be the person I am in general because you just like my whole world was like turned upside down when I went into a situation that was just so unfamiliar to me and like I learned about a whole different like culture of people and a different I mean I grew up like pretty privileged not having to experience the reality of like what most people in our country Mm. experience Mm -hmm. on a day-to-day basis and so just being like so intimately close to some of the most messed up systems in our country was like a just a perspective shift so now I'm coming into these like soul cycle rooms like very aware of like how privileged we are to get to be in that type of space and then also with like 
really good training on how to make people feel safe and and heard and nurtured and cared for because Mm. I did that in like so much of a more difficult setting right Mm. um but not to say that people don't come on with to soul cycle with like real difficult challenges so that's another thing but then I was also thinking while you were talking about um like when I was a writer because That's what I, I never would have tried out for Soul Cycle had I not like had that same experience you had, Erica, of like going into that room and feeling like that was where I was recentered and regrounded. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at instructors and, and like my mom used to take with like Lori Cole and Janet Fitzgerald and Melanie Griffith, and those are still my people that I go back to take whenever I'm back mm-hmm. in New York to get re inspired. But just watching how free they were, like, with their mm. physical body was always yeah. something I was so envious of. Because I was, like, I never had the guts to just, like, even say to my mom, like, I want to take dance class. Or, like, mm. I want, mm-hmm. you know, after I was, whatever, like, seven years old. And it's, like, not super normal to, like, do that stuff unless you, like, really say you're interested. You have to, like, speak yeah. for it, you know. Um, and I wasn't brave enough to do that. So I was, like, always had this, like desire in me to use more of my physical body when I was teaching or when I was expressing myself and I always admire that so much about the instructors that I used to take Mm. so like it's fun and it's still challenging to try to access that part of me in this new career you know and your classes I've taken your classes in LA and they're you're an incredible instructor you know (laughs) soul cycle is an amazing workout and it's an amazing space but I really find it's it is based on the instructor because mm-hmm. yeah. I still like I have taken soul cycle classes where maybe I didn't vibe with the instructor I didn't vibe with the music and you don't get the same feeling so like your classes if anybody wants to try <laughs> a soul cycle class in LA like your classes are really incredible and what would you say how did you find your style was it mm. something you came with or was it kind of trial and error to find that motivation that you're able to give your writers? Yeah, that was like a whole another journey, but it was because coming to Los Angeles, knowing nobody, they didn't, SoulCycle didn't tell me I was moving to Los Angeles until like the week before training ended. So I went through like the two months or three, actually three months of training, like kind of assuming I would be staying in New York City Mm because they never really approached the subject with me. Um, and then they were like, how do you feel about a full-time position offer in Los Angeles? And that's kind of like a privilege to be offered full-time off the bat and like benefits and everything. And then, you know, they, they pay for your move to where they're paying, to where they're switching you to. And then LA is their like hardest market because it's just the most competition Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very like saturated market. So it's tough, but I felt like honored that they like wanted that they saw me as, you know, being able to tackle that. And so I I remember like the decision to come here alone was a whole process. And then once I got here and committed to it, I felt super lost at the beginning because my style of teaching is not super like LA, you know, mm. like the, the, a lot of LA instructors that become super successful go like so fast mm. all the time and like um, a lot of other instructors have this like super quirky like image or some something mm. that you know that's not it's just not who I am like mm-hmm. and I and I really like genuinely have 
the the most respect for like all instructors and and especially those who have like found their success here I think they're doing an amazing job Mm -hmm. but it's like you have to have that confidence to just be like I'm gonna do me and trust that the right people are gonna walk in the room and stay in the room and like even if I'm not selling off classes off the bat I would rather teach a class that's truer to myself so that I'm enjoying it and I'm like waking up with a purpose and then trusting that process so I've had to like pull myself back sometimes and be like wait it's okay like if if they're selling out and you're not like that's okay because you're doing you and like people are gonna be drawn to that absolutely um I want to ask you too about I know you're also a personal trainer Mm -hmm. and you're a boxing coach as well yeah (laughs) and you're certified with the it's the National Academy of Sports Medicine right yeah personal trainer and you're a soul cycle instructor so how do you combat to living such a physically intense life yeah things like adrenal fatigue things like getting enough sleep fueling yourself how do you how do you like how, yeah, how do you do that <laughs> if you have to do multiple classes a day yeah how how <laughs> do um, you do it? yeah at first not very well I literally <laughs> was like okay I teach soul cycle I sleep and I eat and those were like the only things I was doing um so yeah that it was rough like getting to LA and then I mean when when you're in training you're riding like two to three times a week so sorry two to three times a day yeah so it's it's good training but nothing can prepare you for like the type of energy it takes to like instruct Mm -hmm. the class multiple times a day um so yeah when I first got here it was really hard to like make friends because I had never had the energy to be social and and it's hard to feel good about what you're doing when you're so tired all the time you know um but anyways I like you do adjust to it to some extent but for me you know, I'm, I'm, all, I'm 29. I just turned 29 years old. Like a lot of people who are starting this are like 23, 22 mm-hmm. and can like handle that type of stress on their body differently than I can. So it was like me admitting to myself, okay, like teaching 14 classes a week is never going to be an option for me. Like right. I did it one time and I was like, that's never going to happen again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and even, you know, my schedule was 12 classes a week for probably, 12 months or maybe like 10 months and then I'm I part of the reason that I got my personal training and got into boxing was because I knew that I needed to like vary my workouts and vary the way I was like moving my body because it wasn't feeling good to do so much of one thing Mm -hmm. and and that's just like you know something I think actually soul cycle instructors could do a better job of being open about is like mm-hmm. some people's bodies are not cut out for for that type of right you know right. work like something like brian at brentwood can do like i can't do and like yeah. that's okay you know yeah. and we can have different physical limits so um so yeah anyways i got i got into the boxing before the personal training but it all kind of happened around the same time. And I once I started boxing, my body felt so much better, like, teaching Soul Cycle because mm-hmm. I was, like, moving in a different way. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's kind of what saved me. And now I've cut down to seven classes a week. I usually sub, like, one or two. So I'll be at, like, nine or ten mm-hmm. maximum. And that feels great. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't feel... And then I'm, I'm, I'm able to do, like, three of my own workouts a week, which okay. is, like, so fun. I love yeah. it. Yeah, no, I had... Um, at one point, it's crazy. I was riding like five days a week mm-hmm. when not multiple times a day. I'm yeah. Not, just as a rider, <laughs> I was riding because I was like addicted to it. Yeah. It's the, it's, I love it. It's yeah, still yeah. my favorite workout in the whole wide world. I'll never give it up. 
But um, my body was hurting mm. in a different way. And um, I started incorporating yoga recently and switching it up. But specifically now incorporating yoga has yeah. made me, I think, a better writer. Yeah. And um, oh, it's changed We talk about that like sometimes even just as not as like fitness professionals, but just as people. Sometimes yeah. your life ebbs and flows. Like I know as a performer too, when I was doing 15 shows a week mm-hmm. in Japan, like I couldn't do a lot of like heavy workouts at yeah. the gym because I just didn't have it in me. Totally. But going to like a couple yoga classes a week actually really helped. Yeah. Right. And like spending time like foam rolling, which I absolutely can't stand oh. doing really helped. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, but when I came back here after a year and a half of 15 shows a week, I didn't, I didn't want to do extensive exercise mm-hmm. for a little while. Yeah. And I like I allowed myself to do that just for like a month or two. And then I went back into something more like physically rigorous. Yeah. But to allow sort of an ebb and flow that like our bodies also they do change with age. Yes. Like you can totally yeah. relate to that. Now like being in my early thirties, it's different than like doing that when you're twenty four. Totally. Twenty three. Yeah. Like it just it's it's not that this is old it's just you do start to like when you use your body in a certain way whatever that way may be in your profession yeah you start to feel the difference Uh you know than it might have felt five years ago but to be okay with like fit and And just take care of yourself like you know like I think that's so empowering to know your body enough to be like I have this is my limit and this is my happy place and nine nine classes not (laughs) which is crazy I mean that's so many too I know I'm like (laughs) nine classes and the energy it takes like you said like it is different than writing because you have to give so much of yourself before and after class as well you know to talk to your writers and all of that it's just it's a lot. So, um, you so, know, along those lines, yeah, yeah, like, how do you fuel your mm. body with food? Yeah. Is there a specific way you eat or an amount you have to eat? To <laughs> we know you're a Saqqara Life right? Amba- ambassador. Yeah, yeah, affiliate. Yeah. I forget what they call me. But, yeah, I do. I work with them, which has – that's fairly recent. Um okay. And I partner with them because I love their food, but also because it's a great option for some of my clients. Mm. I I do personal training clients, so they um, a lot of them I'm kind of like an accountability coach for their nutrition. I'm not like don't have any certification, but I will be there as just like a thought partner with them or someone mm-hmm. to help them track what they're eating and look back and reflect and give ideas and things like that. So um, Sakara is like such a cool option to be able to like pitch for people who don't have time to prep their own meals and Mm. that's what's that is what their obstacle is um Mm. for me that's not my obstacle so like more often than not even though I love the Saqqara food I'm eating the the food that I cook just because I have the time to do it at home um but yeah I I go back and forth like 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 you said like our bodies need different things at different times and I'll have weeks where I'm just like ravenous all the time and I eat a lot of food like a lot more probably than normal people do (laughs) but like some weeks I'm like okay this week I have to like treat my body like I'm a professional athlete and like I have to I need like I need a lot of rest I need to be like on a heating pad I need to be foam rolling and I need to be like really conscious of what I'm eating and then other weeks I like just live it up because I can and like I'm not gaining weight from it because I can work it off you know you probably burn so so much. much yeah yeah and um and there was like 
a lot of soul cycle instructors will talk about this because they're like, when you first start teaching, you're like, this is great. I can eat whatever I want, like whenever I want. And then there's a time where your body like just adapts, because like anything, your body adapts and you kind of plateau, but you're still like eating whatever you want. And it's like, maybe not like looking the way you necessarily wanted to. So then you, but not, but then I started like incorporating other exercise, but what I've like, what you said, Erica, before we started about how like when you started doing workouts you loved was when like your body started changing and when you stopped, like when you started loving yourself, you said, and, and that I've found so true because Mm -hmm. I like, sometimes I don't even realize because I don't weigh myself anymore, mm-hmm. like, that I look so different than I did, like, in college. But my friend posted this, like, picture on my birthday of us in college, and I was like, oh, my God. I yeah. was, like, really – I had a very different shape, like, even if it doesn't show in pounds. Yeah. But it's because I'm, like, obsessed with what I'm doing. Like, I, right. I love boxing. I love Soul Cycle. Every time I, like, go on vacation, I, like, seek out those – things yeah. because I want to do them and I never had that before yeah so it's like it's almost like once you just get engaged with what you love then like it it, do, it takes so much less brain work because my when I know what my body needs because that's what I crave you know and like yeah. I eat healthy because I'm craving like fruits and vegetables because I'm always moving and like right so I don't have like a diet a specific diet I more I'm trying to just pay attention to what I need when Mm. Yeah, that makes I sense. I love that. I love. Do you, so you eat though, like protein? You're, you're not because I know Sakara doesn't. I, yeah, have. they do vegan, but I don't. I'm not vegan. I like. I don't need meat, and I and I don't eat red meat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to be conscious about where the f- mm-hmm. f- food I'm mm. s- is sourced from, and like be conscious about that. Because um, I also think, you know, it's like animal cruelty, and then also mm-hmm. like. I don't, I don't think that's great for your body to, like, consume things that have been, like, tortured and it just doesn't. No, it's like, all beyond just, like, the hormones that then we put in our body. Yeah. But I'm, I really believe in energy. And, yeah. you know, if you're, yeah, I mean, it's like, it sounds a little woo-woo, but it's not. Like, if you're eating an animal that was raised in a happy, healthy, mm-hmm. yeah, beautiful environment. environment that then was sacrificed for this like circle of life that yeah. is just part of our history forever. Right. That is a better energy totally. to put in your body than this animal that was raised in a cage yeah. and like shot antibiotics uh-huh. and then and lived this stressful, slaughter. miserable life. <laughs> and then you're eating that. And of course you can't control it all the time, but I agree with you when we can't control it. Yeah. I think it's it's important. It's really important. And so, you know, just along everything we're talking about, you, you must be, you're so busy, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> so is there anything that's so like non-negotiable for you with self-care mm-hmm. and like caring for yourself on mm-hmm. a daily or weekly basis to just kind of keep you sane? Yeah. Um, so finding ways of being creative. I'm actually, I like that you asked this question because I'm like, I just went recently through a breakup actually. Mm. So I'm like on this new journey of self-care and like learning how to just be alone mm-hmm. and like get and I think being alone is like anything like it takes practice, you know, and um and attention to get good at it. Mm. <laughs> and I making art is like something that just makes me feel like calm and happy with myself and Mm. I don't need anyone else to do it and I and it's not physical so like Mm. whether it's like painting or um I just got these really nice watercolors or making jewelry 
I just took that class at Precious Metal Arts and I do some beading and then um, writing like is a huge outlet for me reading and you were saying about like our cycle of life I'm reading this book um, called Braiding Sweetgrass mm-hmm. and it's like about Native American tradition it's actually a ecology professor who has Native American she's a Native American she has Native American mm-hmm. heritage and she talks about like her ritual her families and her ancestors like rituals and traditions and Mm. how it's like directly informative about you know ecology and like science science um and so anyway back to like self-care just being like in nature like looking at the water like taking time in the day I like my friends and I all wrote this sounds really cheesy but Mm -hmm. this is like why I love LA because you can say (laughs) this shit and it's normal and and people do it like yeah yeah. (laughs) but anyways in New York people be like what the hell my sister always texts me like you are so LA with your crystal necklace and you're like (laughs) but anyway so um we we wrote these vows to ourselves, like our promises to ourselves, and I really have been actually for a week now sticking to it where I I some some at some point in the day I like look back and I read my promises to myself Mm. um so yeah my self-care journey is like in full full force right now Mm. and I'm learning a lot and it's really it's so powerful to like choose you Mm -hmm. you know and that's something I'm working on right now same yeah yeah I can relate but um it's also interesting to hear you know to ask this question of someone whose profession Mm -hmm. is a lot of other people's self-care your your self-care has to look different because exercise is just a component of what your daily like life and schedule is built around where a lot of people like say, oh, I need to, like, I need to do a soul cycle class because I need that physical release where you're like, what I need is the kind of the calming, non-physical, mental, or, you know, it's it's so interesting that, like, there's some sort of balance that Mm -hmm. we as humans sort of try to, try to, if you're striving and striving for that kind of holistic Mm -hmm. sense of self-care yeah um but it is lucky like I still do think of teaching my classes as a form of Mm self-care which is my job which is like incredibly lucky it's amazing to have that built in yeah Yeah. like so I mean there are days when it's like hard like any job but Mm -hmm. I do feel really lucky that I can like process and feel and heal like while doing my work and Mm. then for boxing, I also just started sparring. It's kind of funny because, really? like, once, like, working out becomes, like, oh, I do that, like, three times a day, you know? Then I'm like, okay, what's next for my physical, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, challenge? And I got, like, really good at boxing as far as, like, okay, I can hit mitts. I can do any combination, blah, blah, blah. So, like, what's next? And so I started, like... um yeah, doing like some sparring drills, and now I'm actually sparring. Like I'm getting in the ring with like oh my men gosh. usually because not a fun. lot of women do it. Yeah. yeah, and it's like you put you get like knocked in the head. There are some days when it's like not probably a great <laughs> idea for me to be like sparring and then teaching classes or whatever. <laughs> but it's real. It's like it's such a release in like such a different way, and it's so 
I'm really always been drawn to things that are going to push me and like mm-hmm. teach me like quickly, you know? Yeah. And that's been like my thing lately. Cause it's like, whoa, you learn a lot. That's incredible. And your arms girl are Thank like, <laughs> I'm like looking at them. That's what I want to work on. Is, like, you, can't, my you can't watch podcasts, yeah. but we can explain them to you. Our arms are gold. Go check them on Instagram Thanks, immediately and look at them. Um, uh, I have a question for you coming from like the school teaching world especially in New Orleans and as you're explaining like having your eyes open to um I guess your own privilege in your Mm -hmm. background but then but that so many people live Mm -hmm. in so many different types of ways and and some of those sort of like broken aspects of their education in our country poverty all different you know there's all different stuff we talk a lot about this within the wellness world and Mm -hmm. I think sometimes it's forgotten especially in Los Angeles but Accessibility, mm-hmm. um, and Erica has explained to me that Soul Cycle, which is a quite a expensive thing to do, but that they actually do a lot of like programs and outreach for for is it maybe youth? people who can't youth who can't they're, afford yeah, it. Yeah, there's Soul Scholars is the program okay. that you might be talking about. I mean, other than like. Um, Sometimes they'll raise money for charitable organizations, but as far as giving people access to mm-hmm. Soul Cycle, they have um, Soul Scholars. It's okay. called, and it's like uh, I believe downtown LA is the only location right now that they're doing it at. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked that because that is like um, that's a mission of mine that I'm getting back to just now. I just started volunteering at this place called Spy. It's safe place for youth and it's, they serve homeless youth. So basically it's like, there's over, you know, 3000 homeless youth, like under 18 in just our area right now. So they have a drop-in center where they just open the doors to young people under 18. They can come in, they can take a shower, they can get a hot meal, they can build a resume Mm -hmm. and apply to some jobs. And they have, this program's incredible. Like they've literally thought of every need that a person can have when you're living in those circumstances and they don't ask questions from you and they don't require anything from you. They just like give and and like provide space. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, I've started volunteering there um, once a week, but we're try- I'm in communication with them about trying to start up like a wellness program. And yeah, I guess like, and then I have an idea for a program that I would love to start, like my dream one mm-hmm. day. Um, and it has to do with that. And it has to do with bringing people or uh, building sort of like a bridge of opportunity yeah. for people who are interested in fitness or maybe didn't know they're interested in fitness and specifically for people who have a record of incarceration. Cause so mm-hmm. many of my students, I was teaching 12, a lot, um, like undercredited over age 12th graders yeah. and they like the, like when you're trying to get them to learn grammar and they're like, okay, why am I learning grammar? And you're like, I don't really know because your options now at this point, since you've been like, picked up and gone to jail for something super stupid, you know, something we've all done as teenagers. And now your career options are like minimum wage jobs and like taking out loans for school is probably not in your, you know, best interest right now. And like, it's just like this trap and, and it's so disheartening. So the program that I've like dreamed up is kind of one that like opens up fitness as a possible career opportunity because you don't need a college education. Mm, Yeah. And if you have a criminal record, 
you can still pursue fitness because you yeah. can run your own business essentially if you're like a personal trainer or right. if you're just doing like contracted work with different studios. So I think it is like so important just to remember that like this exists within this world, Absolutely. you know, and like right. we are so privileged to be able to like think of how do I want to take care of myself today? Right. Yep. You know, that's exactly. like a yep. question that not everybody gets to ask themselves. And um, so, yeah, my, like, I think this year was like a calling for me to take care of me. And now I feel really ready to like start, you know, helping. Yeah. Helping. That's so exciting. I get, we get really, we talk <laughs> about something we're really passionate yeah. about. Yeah. Well. Because, you know, again, we also feel so fortunate that this is something we get to explore to do, but we understand that it's only because of a certain level of privilege that Mm -hmm. we're even able to contemplate Mm -hmm. career shifts or further education or what yoga class I want to take, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and, um, and that's, most people don't have that option. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how do you nurture yourself when those resources are not available Mm -hmm. to you? But if they are available to you, how can you help yeah. Bring them to other people. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's all connected. We did a we did an episode with a fashion blogger. And you would think like, oh, wellness and fashion, what does that have to do with each other? But we were talking about it, it was really interesting, saying like even things like just for success and feeling feeling good about yourself, feeling the good about being able to feel good about the way you present yourself. It's such an important part of how you feel about your overall wellness. Well being and yeah. and just even like there's this company that goes or like has um like salon you know like mm-hmm. hair hair professionals who like go mm-hmm. to homeless people and give them haircuts mm-hmm. and and grooming and yeah. like how just like important even that aspect is for someone's like self confidence the way they present themselves in the world yeah which you know not everybody has like the luxury to be able to totally. to do yeah yeah so I think it's really exciting that. Like, everything you were just sort of explaining about your yeah. dream for that. Yeah. We definitely have one as far as nutrition, oh, what is food it? accessibility. Okay. You know, it's – the more we learn, it's just so crazy sort of, like, the food deserts in this totally, country. yeah. Food accessibility to just – not only just education, but just, like – Well, I think, you know – Financial mm-hmm. accessibility. For myself, and, you know, I've mentioned this on one of our solo episodes on the podcast, but there yeah. was a period of my childhood when we were really poor, mm. um, and we did not have access mm. to food. Like, fresh fruits <laughs> yeah, and vegetables. we barely had access to, like, dollar menu McDonald's food. Wow, yeah. And so when – people say, oh, it's a choice or can't, it's not a choice. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of my childhood and life has been very privileged, Mm -hmm. but I feel very grateful to have experienced that Mm -hmm. probably from the time I was 11 to like 14, Mm -hmm. maybe 10, nine, somewhere between nine and 14 experienced that type of situation where, um, I lived it and, it's 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 something that I am very passionate about bringing yeah back and so mm-hmm. as we explore we're going to start school next year we're going to go to the Institute of Integrative Nutrition wow. um, we want we definitely see long term that being a, a component of, yeah. a component of what we that. do yeah so I, I think it's amazing what you do and yeah I, I but even like right like with Soul Cycle like there's a lot of 
it's even school scholars or, mm-hmm. you know, raising money for charities and things mm-hmm. that happen. Like, I'll be in class and they'll literally yeah. be like, you can donate to this. Like, yeah. go donate right yeah. now. Like, yeah. these people. And it's, it's amazing that that's even part of their mission because yeah. I go to a ton of boutique fitness classes in LA and yeah. that's yeah. not yeah. even another conversation yeah. because it's a hard conversation to have because it's hard to look at. And, and if you've never lived it or been exposed to it, you don't know any different. Right. So it's yeah. not, it's not always intentional either. It's just, you're just like, Oh, isn't this how nice. everyone's life is? Or you can kind of understand from reading or seeing, but unless you've mm-hmm. lived it or worked in it or experienced mm-hmm. it, it's, it's hard to really understand. Yeah. But I always have, and I feel like, you know, if you have access to a microphone or to a lot of people who listen to you, like you have a responsibility, I think, to carry a message that means something. And I think in the same way, like if you are given privileges and you've born and you've been born into, you know, a privileged circumstance, I really do believe we all have like a responsibility to understand more about what that privilege is and like and about the people who don't have those privileges, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't, I think it's like, you know, it's, it, it is, it's really, it's really easy and tempting to like live your life, not looking, you know, yeah. behind the glass or like mm-hmm. uh, behind the screen or whatever the saying is, but like not understanding the other side. And, and it's a lot easier to say like, oh, it's those people or like they mm-hmm. didn't try hard enough or, yeah. you know, right. they, they're not dieting because they don't care about how they look or instead try to understand, like, let me ask more questions about that situation. Yeah. And like, let me understand how I can potentially have an impact because the truth is whether you're like in fitness, making a podcast banker on wall street, like whatever field you are, there's so much impact and you have a huge sphere of influence like the more privileged you are the more influence you have so the bigger your responsibility is to like know more and do more and um and I think like that was a huge part of leaving teaching was like that awakening of like actually I can help more people when I'm taking care of myself because I have the time to like ask questions and I have the resources and like the mental and emotional capacity to open myself up to like hearing any answer to those questions. And then, and then when I give, it's from a place of like, I love my life and what I do. And like, I'm going to help other people have access to that as opposed to like, as a teacher, I was like, just like stressed and like I don't think I was offering my students what I wished I could offer them and mm-hmm. I always knew that you know absolutely and this might be a topic for another episode for another day but doesn't it make you realize like how many more resources we should be giving to our teachers <laughs> oh my god you yeah. know so that they can be filled up to like do their jobs I mean yeah it's like crazy like I I always think about that I'm like I love teaching at Soul Cycle, and I, every day I walk in, it's like, how many windscreens do you want? And like, like, is the music volume perfect? And like, when I was a teacher in a classroom where I had to like try to get twelfth graders who are on a third grade reading level to like pass twelfth grade English, and some of them are like freaking brilliant. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's like crazy that they aren't given the opportunities to learn the skills that they that they would need to like navigate the education world because they would excel but Mm -hmm. they haven't been given that opportunity but anyways yeah like this stark contrast of like being in in a job right now where I'm constantly given so much more than I need to like run a great class versus Mm -hmm. like before when it was like hey 
you're about to teach an art elective to like 150 kids starting tomorrow. Like here's pencils and paper, like good luck, you know, (laughs) it's just like a different, a different life. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as we wrap up, I think we've given everyone a lot to think about. Yeah. Like this is such an amazing conversation. Thank you for having it with us. Um, is there any book, is there Mm -hmm. anything you've read or even maybe as an instructor, like an artist you listen to, is there anything that has inspired you that you would like to share with yeah. other people? Great question. Yes. Um, okay. So as you probably can tell, I'm like very into social justice and specifically racial justice in um, in our country, specifically everywhere also. But um, yeah, so my, my favorite authors all kind of have a tie to that. Um, to that lens Mm -hmm. but Audre Lorde is Lorde is L-O-R-D-E is um, a black feminist writer and she wrote an autobiography called Zammy Mm -hmm. and it's like one of the most beautiful books I ever read and then she wrote um, a book of well she wrote a lot of books of short well this one is like short essays but there's one called poetry is not a luxury in that collection of essays Mm, okay yeah um and then yeah I mean Toni Morrison is another one of my favorite writers and when I read beloved with my 12th grade Mm -hmm. my 12th graders that changed my life I actually wrote a blog about that for soul cycle and then um there is a book by um, Taye Selassie called, uh, I'm going to forget, forget the name of it. But we That's look, okay. But we People can look, can look her up. up. Okay. Yeah, we'll look her up. She's amazing in her book. Um, but yeah, I have a lot more. So if you want more reading suggestions. That's amazing. Well, where can people find you on, on the yeah, interweb if, interweb if they're interested in following you along or going, coming to take your class? Yes, I love all that. So my Instagram is SidFit, S-Y-D-F-I-T-212. And um, that's kind of the best way to connect with me. And then I have a I have a website that I made, so it's, like, not super professional. <laughs> it's a good website. Okay. <laughs> it's SidFit Wellness. And, um, and yeah, my, I teach at SoulCycle, Culver City, and Brentwood. And then I do my personal training out of a studio called 34 Degrees North on Lincoln. So you can find me there also. Well, thank you so much for joining thank us you, today. Ladies. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.